the Lord, everyone. God's good to us. We've come in here this, this morning and praised God, given singing and worship. So now let's get into the message. Today's message today is titled, Are You a Thief and a Robber? Some people in the world want something for nothing. They just want handouts. Give it to me. They feel like the world owes them something. They don't want to work for it. They don't want to rightfully earn it. They just want it given to them. If they want it, they just want to take it. Some people will rob and steal and even kill other people to get what they want. No regard for human life or some possessions in their properties. Just like what we're seeing with the, uh, the big uh, controversy about abortion over the last 40-something years. The people want to have their pleasures and do what they want to do and then want the precious child to pay the consequences. Amen. Greed and a desire to have something that does not belong to you causes a lot of people to do things that they normally would not do just to get what they want. Many people, even those that call themselves Christians, believe that they can have God's salvation in any form they want or that they choose. They think that salvation is each, how each person may interpret it. They think that God gave an open-ended plan of salvation and that it would allow them to pick and choose what they want to do to be saved or what might be good for others might not be good for them. But I know my God gave us his word. When he gave us the word, he didn't go back and change it. He didn't revise it. He didn't add to it or take away from it. What he gave us was set in concrete, per se. Another thing is they think that baptism is also an option. They think if they want to be baptized, it's okay. But if they don't, it's okay that they don't. And many people believe that baptized is just a sign of joining a church, a sign of an outward sign that they've already been saved, and now they want to make a public profession or confession of it. But my scripture reading for today starts John 10, 1 through 5, 7 through 11 and 14. John 14, 6, John 11, 25. Sounds like a lot, but we'll get through it fast. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him that the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. He, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth, for, goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Then Jesus said unto them again, Verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, and the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. 
The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know, and know my sheep and am known of mine. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. That means that everything that Jesus said is true. He cannot lie. He said he is the way of salvation. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, knoweth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The Holy Ghost is the comforter that God sent down here to us after Jesus ascended into heaven. The Holy Ghost could not have come to be with us and to dwell within us if Jesus had not ascended into heaven. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus came in, the, in his name, in the name of the Father. He revealed to us the name for salvation is Jesus. Jesus is the door into the salvation of God. You cannot go and bypass the cross and not get the cross and the blood of Jesus applied to your life. God had a perfect plan for redeeming humanity. It's not some cheap frills of an anything goes plan come as you wish. It's a precise plan laid down by the, from the beginning of time. A plan that only God himself could perform. Jesus laid the foundation of the plan in his teachings for three and a half years. That's when Jesus was walking on this earth. He even outlined it further when he spoke to Nicodemus in John 3, 1 through 8. He said, Verily, verily, I, can, I say unto you, you cannot be born again unless you to see the kingdom of God. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But in order for the disciples and all the rest to receive and fulfill the salvation plan, they had to act on it. There are some actions that we have to partake of to fulfill the plan of God. In the book of Luke, Jesus gave his final instructions for the disciples to go into Jerusalem and wait. And he said, And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry ye in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. To be endued with power from on high is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in tongues. It's the tongues, a language known somewhere either in the world or even heaven only. We, we, we stress this every time we come and preach from our church because this is salvation. It's not a easy go, as I say earlier. Uh, you know, you can, you can be saved any way you want to. You can interpret the Bible any way you choose. No, it's not like that. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
And what's this power going to do? This power is going to help you live for God. It's going to unction your spirit if you start to be involved or do something wrong. It'll help you. No, you shouldn't do that. No, you shouldn't go there. There's a, there's a feeling of conviction that you'll feel in your heart, in your spirit. It's only, and, and, and I'm not saying that people that don't have the Holy Ghost don't feel a tug from God. Because I would quite believe that they do. That people, even though they may not be filled with the Holy Ghost, they can feel some love and the love of God in this world. And they can feel something on their conscience. But once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it takes you further than you've ever been. Because what he's doing, he's drawing you deeper into a deeper walk in relationship with him. And giving you an opportunity to know things that's been mysteries to people of the world. It helps you to have a desire to want to live holy. To want to live separated from the things of this world. To want to live differently than maybe what you've lived before. I haven't been in this apostolic Pentecostal uh, life and in, in, in church all my life. I came into it at 34 years old. I was 34 years old when I received the Holy Ghost. So I've got a, a life of, of at least 20 plus years from my teenage years on through all my 20s and part of my 30s of living in the world and doing things in the world that, that I shouldn't have done and I probably knew I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway. Because I was born into sin just like everybody else was. And I was uh, living according to what I thought I was doing right. I didn't think I was a bad person. But yet I didn't have the Holy Ghost. I didn't have the Spirit. I wasn't living for God. I was raised up in church, but I wasn't living for God. But I tried, I tried to have respect for God. I just wasn't living for Him. I had not been filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's what this message is about. Do you want to be a thief and a robber and try to get salvation in some other way? than what the Bible states for us to get. Do you want to listen to some denominational preaching and teachings that does not coincide with the Word of God and accept that as, 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 as truth? Because basically all you're doing is trying to bypass the cross and get into heaven on your own, your own abilities. It can't be done, can it? cannot bypass the cross. There is a place, I think this is a song, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm not sure. There's a place at the cross for everyone or something of that nature. There's a place at the cross for everyone. And it's, and it's not too crowded that you can't find your place. Because it's that place that gets you intimate one-on-one -on -one with God. In your place. You can't step into my place. I can't step into your place. I have actually had thoughts in my mind over the years. I, I wish I could draw. I'm not a drawer and an artist. I wish I could. I'm more of a writer. And to be writ right messages and things. But I have had a vision in my mind of seeing 
a picture painted with the cross of Jesus on the cross, and then just thousands of people kneeling at the cross, giving God praise and worship. Maybe someday I'll find someone that is a good artist and can paint and draw that for me. But no one can take your place at the foot of the cross. Because what, we, what are we talking about this morning? We're talking about, are you a thief and a robber? Do you want to make it to heaven on your own and bypass Jesus? The Bible says that the Holy Ghost purchased the church with his own blood. How could a spirit shed blood? Spirits do not have bodies as we know it, like what we have. Have you ever seen a spirit in its true actual form? An angel, maybe? I haven't. But based on what we have learned from the Word of God, spirits obviously look different than us, and they don't have these tangible fleshly bodies that we have with blood flowing through. So if the Holy Ghost purchased the church with his own blood, that means that the Spirit of God created that body through Mary, which was perfect and sinless, so that that body could go on that cross after three and a half years of teaching and miracles and signs and wonders and die on that cross and shed that blood so that we could have that salvation. But yet it said the Holy Ghost, which is God, Purchased the church with his own blood. So therefore, we know that Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. But this is a mystery to the people of the world. And the world believes, the secular world of Christianity believes that God is a trinity. First of all, you won't find the word Trinity in the Bible anywhere. Because Jesus said, I and my Father are one. If you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. I come in my Father's name and you receive me not. The power of God, the Spirit of God, impregnated Mary as we all know the story. Because as I had said last month in the church, in the Christmas service message, the blood comes from the man. So for, therefore Adam had sinned, therefore he passed the, the, the tainted sin blood on down through humanity. So God bypassed the man and impregnated Mary so that the body of Jesus Christ would be perfect, sinless, without sin in his blood. But it was still the same God, the same spirit, the same God that created everything, created that body for himself to inhabit and give of his own blood. So God is not a separate being in three separate equal entities. He's one God. And he's capable of handling and doing everything all by himself. God uses humanity now, though, to spread the gospel, to teach people the word of God. 
He will speak to our hearts and give us things in, uh, directly to us. There was something I had prayed about for quite a long time, years and years ago, that was in the Word of God that I didn't quite understand. And at the point in time, he gave me the revelation. And I have said it up here and shared it with y'all before. But by and large, when we're taking the gospel of the word of God, mm. the salvation plan, he basically uses humanity. He uses us. He uses you. Mm. You just got to be willing to let him use you. But Satan distorted the message of God at some point in time. Roughly, to the best of my recollection, historical facts and documents, around 325 A.D., Constantine the Great at the time had somehow began to formulate a, 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 a formula of, of a trinity, <laughs> trying to turn God into three different beings, which is false, because if you go from that point backward to the beginning of the birth of the church in the church age, it was always preached one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And then when he came on the day of Pentecost and filled them with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, then they've gone out and preached and taught about one God, and his name is Jesus. And that water baptism should be performed in the name of Jesus Christ. Because who died on the cross for you? Jesus Christ did. Not Nero, not Caligula, and in modern day and time, not Michael Jackson, not Frank Sinatra, Jesus Christ. So we have to apply his name in our water baptism. Not the titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That is found in Matthew 28, 19. Jesus was talking to the disciples at the time he was about to ascend to heaven. And he told them to go out and to teach and preach, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So the actual name must be applied at the water baptism of Jesus Christ. Peter and John and, and, and Philip and the disciples, when they began the birth of the church, they was out preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus and water baptizing them. It was only up around 325 A.D. when the Constantine began to formulate a Trinity formula, and for reasons I don't know every little detail about. Mm -hmm. Come on, to baptize in the name of the titles of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. But that was never meant to be. It's always the actual name of Jesus Christ that has to be applied at your water baptism. That washes away your sins. That also is what we're preaching about this morning. Do you want to try to bypass that and go in and get, try to make it to heaven on another way? Or are you a thief and a robber? Come on, this is what it says in Acts 2, 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. That was the beginning. That was when God poured out the Holy Ghost the first time. If you go back and dig through everything in the Word of God and even historical history books, 
you'll find out that everything has had a beginning except for God himself. Even this earth had a beginning. It was created by God. We all had a beginning. We were created Adam and Eve. But God himself never had a beginning. He's never going to have an end. He's eternal. He's not limited to time and space. As we are. So he filled them with the spirit. And they began to speak in tongues. Now to speak in tongues. Is you're going to be speaking a language coming out of yourself. That you've never learned. But it's not you that's doing it. You are giving your voice. Your vocal cords. Your spirit. Your heart. You're, you're humbling yourself to God. And he is filling you with his spirit. But see, can you see a spirit? Can you see a spirit right now in your, in your eyesight? I can't. Because God is invisible to our carnal eyes. So if he's invisible and he fills someone with the Holy Ghost, how are they going to know they've been filled with the Holy Ghost? If he is invisible. He gave us an evidence. He gave us that evidence and that's that he would be able to get in there and take control of your tongue and cause you to speak a language that you've never learned. And when you begin to speak this language and you hear yourself speaking it, then you need to allow that language to continue to flow out of you for however long you want to, I guess. When I received the Holy Ghost in 1993, I spoke in tongues for about 10 or 15 minutes, dancing across the floor in the church. And at some point, I was tired of my body. I was only 34 years old. I, I, I was just 23 years ago. But I got tired. So I dropped to my knees and worshiped God and just to get a little breath. But I kept speaking in tongues. There was rejoicing that night in that church service because someone was rescued from the flames of hell and filled with the Holy Ghost. And two weeks earlier, I was baptized in Jesus' name. I didn't bypass the cross. And I wasn't a thief and a robber. I went according to the word of God, just like what it says to do. Now, on the day of Pentecost, there were other Jews from other countries that spoke different languages than the Galilean Jews. Peter and John and all the disciples... And there again, I don't have enough history knowledge about this. But evidently, their Galilean Jewish language was different than some of the other Jewish languages or what have you from out in other parts of the earth at the time. So they gathered together in Jerusalem for this feast of Pentecost. And apparently, they were up in this upper room and then the windows must have been open, the doors, who knows. But these other people out there heard them speaking in tongues, and they knew that these were Galilean Jews up there in that room, but they didn't know how in the world are they able to speak in my language. This man over here might be from, from uh, uh, Galatia or somewhere, and he said, whoa, 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 what I hear? Mm. That man's speaking in my language. He's praising God and saying things, and I'm, how in the world can he do that? So see what it did. It was, it was set up in that time to spark the interest of other people, to show that God was doing something new, to show he was doing something different than what they've even heard for the last many years prior to that. So then they went up there and they talked to him or whatever. They come out the door and they said, well, are y'all drunk? Have y'all been drinking the wine this morning? He said, we've heard you speaking in some of our languages. 
He says, no. Peter said, no. This is not what you think it is. He said, you remember back when Joel said he's going to pour his spirit upon all flesh? He said, that's what this is. And he said, you know, we speak in these languages here because God filled us with his Holy Ghost. And they all began to be pricked in their heart. They were touched. They were convicted. So Peter told them, what do we need? They said, what do we need to do? You're telling us that Jesus that just, that just uh, died on the cross and, and, and went into heaven. He's, you're, you're telling us that, that he's the Savior? He was the one? And they said, yeah, he was the one. And so they said, well, then what do we need to do? He said, first you've got to repent. You've got to repent and tell God that you're sorry for the life you've lived. You've got to tell him you're sorry that you was born into sin and you've done a lot of things in your life that you didn't, you're not happy about. And then you've got to be baptized. He said, then you've got to be baptized in the water in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, and then when you're baptized, God will give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the same thing that happened to us here, we speak into this tongue, it's going to happen to you. And that's the salvation plan of what God had done for humanity. This salvation plan has been active and in force for over 2,000 years. You don't go and sign a card in a church. You don't say, I'd like to become a member of this church. You don't go and say, well, I, I asked Christ to come into my heart to be my personal Savior. And then you're saved. You don't find that in the Word of God. It takes a little bit more to than just acknowledging God and Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because that's all you're doing in that, in, in, uh, with that point. You're just acknowledging that God, Holy God, is your Savior. But that don't save you yet. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now we've all been born of the flesh our first time out of our mother's womb. This born again experience is your spirit birth. It's symbolic through the water baptism because that applies Jesus' blood to your life and washes away your sins. It's a regeneration, a new birth in receiving the Holy Ghost. So to speak, I say it just this way, kind of reactivating your spirit in communication with God so that He can lead you and guide you. That's your born-again experience. That's what's going to get you to heaven. But not that only. You've got to live a good godly life. You've got to let God teach you how to live. All this falls under the realm of are you a, uh, are you a thief or a robber? Because if you want to bypass not only the cross, but if you want to bypass the teachings, the understandings, the wisdom, and the knowledge of God, then you're still trying to make it into heaven on your own coattails, on your mother's coattails, hmm. on your own, without going through God, Jesus Christ. Other, some churches may preach a form of salvation, but it's a partial truth. It's a partial truth. <laughs> 
And if a partial truth is not the full truth, then it's like a lie. Because it's not the full package deal. But just like thieves breaks and steals into other people's possessions and their, their belongings. This, in a sense, is what secular Christianity is, is, is doing with God's sacred plan of salvation. They are, they are just like thieves and robbers trying to get in in another way than what the Word of God says. But God gave us examples of His salvation plan in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 11, Philip, and they were baptized men and women in the name of Jesus. And it says that they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus, but that when they laid their hands on the people, they received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. In Acts chapter 10, that's when the uh, Holy Ghost was poured out on the Gentiles. And so Cornelius was praying, and God gave him a vision and showed and gave Peter a vision as well. And as the story goes, they brought Peter and got Peter over there to Cornelius' house. And they had prayed for him. They received the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it said they heard him speaking in tongues. And so then Peter said, well, can we forbid water that these can't be baptized as well as we have been? So they baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 19. Paul had gone on and preached. He had already been converted, changed some years earlier. So he had passed around through this area called Ephesus. He come upon these disciples. And he asked them, says, How have you, uh, or have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we ain't heard about no Holy Ghost as of yet. So he asked them, how was you baptized? They said that we were baptized unto John's baptism, unto repentance. He told them about Jesus. Told them about how all the miracles he did and, and the things that he did over the last three and a half years prior to his salvation. So they, he, they were rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they laid hands on them and received the Holy Ghost. So that right there in the book of Acts chapter 19, that's our indication that if we've ever been baptized anyway besides the name of Jesus Christ, we still need to be baptized in Jesus' name. If any baptism will do, then no baptism will do. If you think, if one church thinks they can baptize this way, or they can sprinkle, or they can, they can uh, sprinkle babies, or if this church over here wants to immerse in the water completely, but they want to say uh, something different than in the name of Jesus Christ, if any old baptism would do, if it works like that for anything, then no. Don't worry about getting baptized. Why should it matter? If I can go baptized in any old way, why should it matter if I get baptized at all? Then you're a thief and a robber. You're a thief and a robber if you try that. You've got to go back and get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Because he's the one that died on the cross for you. So, are you trying to get into heaven... Any other way besides the cross? Are you trying to get into heaven because you were taught something in a church when you was young? 
Are you trying to get into heaven on your mama, daddy's, grandmama's coattails? If they weren't baptized in Jesus' name, if they had not received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, but yet you are being given the opportunity. You cannot hold on to your grandparents, your mother's coattails, because they are in the hands of God if they passed away. I'm not here to paint a doom and gloom picture of salvation. I'm not here to bring you down in your heart or your spirit or make you feel bad if your parents and your grandparents or anybody in your family has not ever been baptized in Jesus' name and received the Holy Ghost. I've got my parents passed away. They were never baptized in Jesus' name. They never received the Holy Ghost. I've got grandparents and great-grandparents and on and on. I'm the first Pentecostal apostolic in my family. And my two girls. And my wife. But in my family, I've got family members that has received the Holy Ghost. They have grown, up, uh, raised up uh, uh, congregational holiness. But they've received the Holy Ghost, but they still believe in Trinity. That's a Trinitarian church. They believe in the baptism and the titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Which is not biblical in that aspect. It's a commandment only that God, Jesus Christ, gave to those disciples the time he was ascended to heaven. Go down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ. But my family, my family that's gone on and went to the grave, they're in the hands of God. But you're breathing. I'm breathing. Our family, we have all have family, I'm sure, that are still breathing and above on this earth. It's up to us to pray for them, to get them into the truth. Let God minister to their heart. To bring them to that place that they can understand what I have been given the fact, the chance to understand. Many of you could be the first generation in your family of Pentecostal. And you may have grandchildren, great-grandchildren, that you can need to pass this legacy on down to them. But it's up to every individual to humble themselves to God and turn to Him and say, Lord, if this man is preaching the truth, then let me understand it. Let me receive what this man is up here preaching. I'll stand before God one day and give account for everything I've preached in this nursing home for the last seven years. And I can tell you right now, I don't say this to be proud or boastful. I say this because I'm proud and, and boasting in my Lord, my God, the Bible, the Holy Word. I have not preached anything up here contrary to the Word of God. Because I've come here for seven years of my life. Not regretting one time I've ever been here. Not regretting one service we've ever been in. Because I love you. I love people. Some people, you know, they, sometimes you think they're not even worth loving. They're so mean. But we've got to love people. We've got to love people. My brother... My brother has hit a spell and God has allowed some afflictions to come on him. He's got gout. He's got arthritis. One of his kidneys is shut down. 
His liver was in bad shape, but now it's doing better. But that man, my brother, he has had a love for people over the years through what he's gone through. Sometimes I think even more than me. And I feel I love people. I do anything I can to help somebody. I do anything to share the word of God with anybody. But we've got to love people. So are you a thief and a robber? Do you want to bypass the cross and get into heaven on your own? Or do you want to make it in the way Jesus said to do it? So let's all bow our heads and let's talk to the Lord. And if this message has touched anybody's heart, if you feel convicted in your heart that you want to be baptized in the water in the name of Jesus Christ, please let us know. We're not going to quit preaching this message when we come every time. We're going to tell you the truth. And if any of you want to be water baptized in Jesus' name, please raise your hand and let us know. We will make it happen. We will talk to the staff. We will talk to your family members. But it's up to you. Because this plan of salvation is the only plan that's going to prevent you from being like a thief and a robber. Trying to get into heaven other than going in straight through the cross of Jesus. So let's bow our heads, please. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ today, as we have been given another opportunity to come to this nursing home to share the truth, the word of God with these people, I ask you, God, that the words that I have said would minister to the hearts and minds of these people here. And that there would be some conviction on their hearts to consent to be water baptized in Jesus' name and a desire to seek to receive the Holy Ghost. But we know, Lord, that it's an individual choice. It's an individual decision. But Almighty God, with God, all things are possible. And with you, Lord, we know you can open up the understanding in the minds of these great people here and help them to understand that the message they've heard today is truth. We thank you for the opportunity to do the work of the Lord, to come here and to give of ourselves. But more so, more so than what we have sacrificed, we ask you, that you would minister to these minds and hearts and help them to consent to receive that what we have. Because we were given to us freely and freely we shall share and give. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Does anyone want to be prayed for this morning? If, if you want to be prayed for, one of our one of our team members will come and, step and pray with you. Just raise your hand. Does anybody want to be prayed for this morning? Just raise your hand. There's a lady there. Can I get someone to go pray for her, please? Anyone? Just raise your hand. Anybody else? Does anybody else want to be prayed for? We would just calmly come and lay our hands on you and pray for you. Just raise your hand. That's all we ask. 